today's episode will take us deep within the human mind and I hope will open up your mind. But before we get started, we are supported by a social network site that I want to take a moment to share with you. My guess is you've heard of LinkedIn. I use it in my personal life, professional life, and I know most of my friends and colleagues do as well. I've seen how it's grown into a site that's not only helpful for people in search of jobs and networking, but also a busy hub for small businesses to help find and hire great people. So if hiring is on your to-do list, LinkedIn has given us a lovely offer I'd like to share with you. Post a job today at linkedin.com slash infinite and get $50 off your first job post. That's linkedin.com slash infinite. Terms and conditions apply. And now, let's begin today's show. Welcome to part one of a two-part series focusing on one of the most critical questions facing our world and the future of our species. Artificial intelligence, also known as AI. Over these next two episodes, we'll ask the questions, will AI expand human consciousness or be the end of it? Two episodes, two perspectives. One key to creating a better future. But first, let's start at the beginning. The year is 1940, and a writer by the name of Isaac Asimov publishes three laws for robots. One, a robot may not injure a human being or, through inaction, allow a human being to come to harm. Two, a robot must obey the orders given to it by human beings, except where such orders would conflict with the first law. Three, a robot must protect its own existence as long as such protection does not conflict with the first or second law. The intent was to ensure artificial life in the realm of science fiction would be written in accordance with these laws. But if the last century is any indication, it seems we humans couldn't hold back. I'll be back. It's not a man, it's a machine. Underneath it's a hyperalloy combat chest. Microprocessor control. Despite these laws, artificial intelligence is often seen as our foe, one that will literally destroy us. But is that the case? Will the machines of the future harm us or help us? How do we need to think right now to create a better outcome? For the first time in human history, we actually have a hand in our own evolution. I don't fundamentally believe the goal here is to recreate human brains with artificial intelligence. Human brains do bad things. It creates wars. It kills people. So why do we want to replicate that? 
But what if that bot is helping me understand a better reality? I'm Deepak Chopra, and this is Infinite Potential, where we explore what makes us conscious beings and why it matters that we are. Several months ago, a friend of mine, Robert Locasio, approached me about a strange yet seductive proposal. And I thought, you have such an insight into the brain and how it works and the connection between the world around us and inside. What if we could take that and bottle that, <laughs> you know, and put that into around and with artificial intelligence? That's my friend Robert, founder of Live Person, a customer care AI platform. He was a pioneer in AI, building many of the internet bots you interact with online. And lately, he's been thinking a lot about our human AI interactions and how to make them more conscious, more of a force for good. I feel like I'm right at the edge of why I was put on earth myself. We're working on something where I feel like I, uh, then when I create that and I put it in the world, I, then I've gotten to the reason I'm, I'm here. The reason I'm here is because Rob wants to build a Deepak bot, one that could possibly be more mindful, which is also my purpose in the world. It is an opportunity to witness up close how to create consciousness, if that's even possible. Alexa, what is consciousness? Consciousness is usually defined as the state of being conscious, awareness of one's own existence, sensations, thoughts, surroundings, etc. First of all, Robert, this was your idea. You called me out of the blue one day and said, let's do a bot. So why did you even think about it? This is my 23rd year running this company. And so I'm still on the quest to figure out how to perfect technology, creating a better way in which we connect with each other, and then how do machines play a part in that? My company, we've been working now with uh, big companies in building and using AI, but I was thinking, you know, knowing you and thinking about the journey you're taking and you take people on about consciousness and, and life, I thought it would be kind of interesting to see if we could try to develop something that could help people even myself, obviously, have a better way in which we interact and perceive the world in which we live. And this is why I got into the business of technology. I believe technology can create better community in many ways and better connection if we use it the right way. Unfortunately, today, a lot of technology has gone in the wrong direction. On Facebook and in social media, there are thousands of bots that are used to harm us. So think of how bots were deployed as humans, put into something we believe is true, which is social networks, that these were real humans. And think about what it did to our society. It divided us, it got us angry, it got us emotionally down, it made us do things. So think of this, a bot has a lot of power to draw an emotion out of me, mm -hmm. to, to make me think, and it's, it's a very dangerous thing. I tell you how to vote. I tell you how to vote. 
cyberbots are expanding their reach. So that Russian hackers try to infiltrate her Senate computer network. To target people with misinformation tied to political election. This crossed the line for people. U.S. intelligence agencies have told him Russia did interfere in the race. They used Facebook exactly as it was designed to be used. They're talking about millions of people, quote unquote, are out there stimulating real people mm -hmm. to act a certain way, to get emotionally charged, to, to vote a certain way. So th the machines have power. Um, and if they're used the wrong way, we see the, the results. Look at the change in our society, I think, because of what's happened with these machines. The reverse can happen. I believe what we can do now is use that same sort of energy in a positive way and change people uh, or help them make this journey to have a better life, to be more of a community. Information is how do you use the data and resolve so-called uncertainty. Yep. That's how they define information, the resolution of uncertainty. But information is not knowledge. You Once you have information, how do you use it yes. to improve a person's uh, life? If we understand biology, if we understand how people engage socially, mm -hmm. And if we recruit maximum diversity in the creation That's of these systems, we could move from data to information to knowledge to ultimately a wisdom-based society. Because what good is information and knowledge if it cannot elevate the quality of our life and the life of all sentient beings on our planet? Yes, I don't fundamentally believe the goal here is to recreate human brains with yes. artificial intelligence. The brain in itself, if we look at it as a very blunt instrument, it basically is trying to keep me alive, Correct. right? Its its goal is don't allow uncertainty. The past tells me the things that could hurt me, right? So it has a lot of bias. We know the brain has a lot of bias. So that's that's the fear factor with AI. Like human brains do bad things. It creates wars. It kills people. So why do we want to replicate that? But what you're saying is, what if that bot is helping me understand a better reality? And we can do that because the bot doesn't have to be biased. It, it can help me get to uncertainty because uncertainty ultimately opens up my mind to new ideas. So I think what we're trying to do with you is create something that when I connect with it, it opens my mind up to think differently, to maybe release myself from my past, to create a different future. And that's the power, not trying to recreate Deepak's brain, but I want to use your all the knowledge you have about how people can better their lives and their and their thinking and their consciousness. So when I connect with it, it's helping me understand about have a better life because we want to use this technology to drive a better life for us on Earth. That's why you and I are working on this. So how will all this work? Can a bot help create a better world, a better me? Let's talk to the engineers making this possibility a reality, or at least a potential. I'm paying a visit to the engineers behind the Deepak bot, and we were all wondering, how can we build a more mindful artificial intelligence? So here we are at Live Person. A lot of people sitting here in front of computers. I can hear um, ping pong in the background. There are playrooms here. 
and I'm here now with three engineers, uh, Robert, Augusto and Leon. Hi. Hello. And uh, what we are trying to figure out uh, right now is how to create a Deepak Bot. Bot stands for robot, I guess. Huh? So I'm right now in the process of doing uh, flashes what do you call them flashes flash briefings flash briefings for alexa with your help also daily intention reflection meditation how are we doing i think we're doing pretty great so far i mean as long as you keep recording daily yeah well (laughs) i I just shoot the breeze every day i sit with a recorder and say a few things no but that's fantastic because right now we're sitting in that phase of actually collecting enough data so that we can start making these bots meaningful. So what we're going to be doing is we're going to be taking the things that you're going, you're talking about on a daily basis, mapping them to those intentions, and then also starting to understand some of the questions that people are going to be asking of this bot and trying to figure out what answer do we want to provide to these people that's going to best serve their daily lives. I think a lot of people would like to know what's the process that occurs when you create anything that could be considered artificial intelligence. You know, I've written 89 books and I have a library of literally thousands of topics. But as I understand it, you guys are not actually even looking at my library. I'm um, basically sharing my insights with you on a daily basis. And then you're uh, learning in a sense, to read my mind. So when we're building the bot, we start with the knowledge base. I think that these are questions that people want answered. And I put in a few ways that I think people will ask that question. And this is the answer I want to present. But I can only predict so many ways of that question to be asked. I don't know all the ways people ask questions. That's when real AI comes in, as we call that machine learning. Do you see this uh, progressing to where uh, we can have a Deepak bot that actually not only interacts with people, but learns from them, changes its opinion, evolves, understands, perhaps even more than Deepak can? I don't know about more than Deepak can, but uh, <laughs> but the technical framework is all there, right? I mean, this is all within the realm of 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 possibility. It's just a matter of having that data set so that we know the answers that we surface to people. And this is such an interesting time right now because we have this ability to not just record voices, but to actually have those voices direct a particular answer. Live Person Studios presents Deepak Chopra. Is this the future? My future? Turning my thoughts, data and their words into a Deepak that lives in the cloud, lives, I guess, forever. Is it really possible? And if it is, what does this mean for the future of human consciousness as we know it? For answers, I'm still going to turn to a human, Robert Locasio, after this break. I want to let you know that I just launched another podcast, Daily Breath. I invite you to join me for a few short minutes, Monday through Thursday, as we tackle all the human experiences, good and bad, that we face. From love to loss, 
and from the soul to the self. We will explore the tools we need to thrive, and I hope this Daily Breath program will give you a moment to breathe, to pause in the hectic world we live in. And each Friday, you can join me for a weekly meditation practice from wherever you are. Please consider pausing this program, searching for Daily Breath in your podcast app, and subscribing. We begin this journey today. Let's breathe. We've been discussing AI and how we should be using it for good. And I'm grateful for one of the apps that supports our show that actually does use technology for good, Talkspace, an app I've mentioned in past episodes, but I want to share it with you once again. Talkspace Online Therapy allows you to take care of your mental health without breaking the bank and from anywhere you are. We have all needed that outside voice to help guide us through difficult times. And I'm grateful for Talkspace for using technology to do just that. Talkspace has more than 4,000 licensed therapists who are experienced in addressing the challenges we all face. To match with your perfect therapist for a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, go to Talkspace.com. Make sure to use the code DEPAK to get $45 off your first month and show your support for this show. That's Deepak and Talkspace.com. Now that we've spoken about this tech creation that has good intentions, let's return to our conversation that explores the very subject. Humans are storytellers. You know, yes. if you look at uh, all the history yeah. behind human evolution, up until, say, 30, 40, 50,000 years ago, there were eight different species of humans. Yes. But then Homo sapiens, us, we created a language for telling stories. And then as a result of storytelling, we created meaning and context and relationship in our lives. Yes. So a story is a confluence of meaning, context, relationships. Yep. This is the human experience. How do you create the evolution of that story through a machine? Is the bot going to be telling us new stories? Yes. Storytelling and communication, the way we're, we're speaking, was the first form, right? Before the written word. That's the thing I think we can program, that the bot in itself will evolve, will be able to tell stories, will get feedback loops, because that's what this is about. It, in itself, you'll give me a feedback loop on a story, you'll nod your head, wow, that's great, wow, I learned something, and then you go, that's a great story. So as long as we can get the feedback loops to the bot and we can give it some history, we've got to give it a history that gives it a way to understand itself, what stories it should be telling, and then how to evolve those stories. Even as we step into this whole exciting new adventure, I think uh, we need to be a little clearer on what is artificial intelligence. Certainly it's not consciousness in the way I understand it. But here's how I think about consciousness. Consciousness is that which makes any experience possible. 
any experience. So the experience could be a perceptual experience of the physical world. So consciousness allows you to experience colors and forms and shapes and sensations. Sense, senses, yeah. But it also, consciousness allows you to think about it, those experiences too. It's not only that you're having those experiences, you're reflecting on those experiences and you're ultimately thinking about thinking as well. You're becoming self-aware. Where is AI in this whole field? How do we even define AI? You're one of the pioneers in this. Yeah, I, I would put AI in a box as def, from a definition perspective that it's machines trying to imitate human intelligence, mm-hmm. okay? Which is, I think, very different than consciousness. Mm-hmm. So I think a machine understanding itself mm-hmm. and its presence in the world I don't. I don't think that's that's where it is today. A machine falling in love or having right. sex or fearing death. Right. Or that's just it. And you're saying like it's not about the senses. That I'm aware that the senses exist. Yeah. So a machine. We don't look at it that way today. We look at it more like it's imitating human intelligence. What kind of goal do I have as a human? And I'm using past historical events and knowledge to predict and get me to that goal. Well, I'm actually very excited about this process because what I'm seeing already is that there is an evolution of the reflective process. And what I'm hoping is that as people listen to these reflections or meditations or intentions, that it begins a process of personal transformation. And and there's so many, you know, you've you've got got an amazing body workout between all your books videos, but the thing that's not there is right now, how many people get to do this, mm-hmm. get to be with you? Like mm-hmm. we, you and I will go to dinner and we'll talk about business and this and the AI, but then we'll talk about life and we'll ask each other some questions. That's a special thing. Now, what if that could happen to millions of people? And that's what we're going to try to take happen. me out for a date, dinner. <laughs> a dinner. <laughs> you get a lot of free dinners, <laughs> but I mean, you don't have the, you're not physically able to connect on that level, but with this technology, we are going to be able, I believe, to um, have you connect with people on a very deep level, ask them the questions based on their lives, open up their mind in a way that, like you're sitting in the room. Now, while bots can't be emotional beings, they can certainly act as a trigger point for you as a human being to evolve in emotional intelligence or social intelligence. And what I'm beginning to realize is that if we just give people the tools for thinking, yes, for imagination, for emotional and social intelligence, for health and well-being, I would love to be out of the business of uh, writing books if this can all evolve very spontaneously. That That's correct. Even probably when you write your book, I bet two weeks later you're like, I wish I could have done that differently. Oh, yeah. But and so then I'm you're embarrassed then you, when I look at books I wrote 30 years correct. ago. Correct. You're probably like, oh. So imagine if it's just this sort of singular thing that I'm connecting with that represents the ideas and, and the up to date ideas and questions that would help me as a person in the world evolve. When you and I interact, like we are interacting right now, yeah. when we leave this room, you and I will be slightly different people. You know, because we will have exchanged ideas. We have had learned something from each other. 
in other words, with every social interaction, we evolve a little bit, a little bit. Now, these bots are, in a sense, avatars of our human self, the bots that we are creating. And as the avatars interact with each other, they too will transform. They'll learn the what you call yes, machine, machine learning. learning. Exactly. And as a result, the avatar today will not be the same as the avatar tomorrow or day after. Yes. Will it be creative in the real sense that we understand creativity? Because as I understand creativity, it's a disruption. It's not a logical step. No, no creative process is a logical process. In fact, if everything was certain, there would be no creativity. We'd have fixed systems. Uh, for artificial intelligence to even simulate creativity, yes. Uh, how do you imbue a system with uncertainty? How do you get it out of its logical, algorithmic mind, so to speak? It's an interesting evolution. So first, when we create and use AI, the most important thing are who are the people creating it. So remember, it's it's not born like a human. Mm -hmm. Okay. It also doesn't come like when we're born, we have DNA memory from our ancestors. So the, the machine itself is, it starts with a zero. What happens is, oh, but there's a humans working on these things. Mm -hmm. So what we look at is the humans, when they create the machine, it, it does start with a, it's a very linear process. It is, you're right. It, it, it doesn't allow for a lot of creativity because we as humans guess what the question and the response should be and the question response to get a, a, a person to a goal. They ask a question of the Deepak bot, what is consciousness? Well, you've answered consciousness like this. They respond. A lot of times we find then the, the person goes way off because they're being creative. It's opening something in their brain. It's hard for a machine to then go way off. So what happens is we see the, the linearity, the certainty break, and then we look at it as a human, and then we say, okay, let's program that uh, back in, that path back in. And we have to keep programming paths. We almost have to keep, we have to program a past in the present. You have to program the past in the present to predict the future. So I personally don't think that artificial intelligence is ever going to solve the hard problem of consciousness because the hard problem of consciousness is based on the premise that reality is physical, that in fact, the physical world is a simulation. And I think maybe artificial intelligence will only extend the simulation. Yeah, I mean, what is a machine doing, a computer? It takes electrons and then organizes them, and then there's, uh, if something happens, then something else will happen. Now, there's these quantum now computers that are coming out which don't use the same sort of pattern. So and have uncertainty built into correct. them. Correct. Yep. So the, only, the thing is, we're limited, I'll say we're limited a little bit, by the fact that the machines we're using today are built in and take energy and use it a certain way. But if there's a new way in which computers are using energy, which reflects more about how we use energy, and maybe this will get us to a different way in which we can create that consciousness. The machine has to be more like us, how it's born, how it comes to the world, how it uses the physical aspects of the world and then understands consciousness. Once again, it's, it's on a very deep level, but the machines will change one day. 
there's things that we can't even understand that will change. And that will probably create a whole new world of how we use the machine to create reality or to replicate human consciousness. So Robert, uh, in a few decades, even if I live a very healthy, joyful, wonderful life, there is always old age, infirmity, and death. And is death, uh, in my view, is the most wonderful creative process. It allows us to evolve. Death makes life possible. But I see that as you create this Deepak Bhatt, which will probably outlive Deepak and will continue to evolve, the Bhatt could theoretically become immortal, but it's still not a conscious being. I mean, I don't see it as a conscious being ever. And I don't personally think that the conquest of death is even um, an attractive idea. It would doom us to eternal senility. But I, there are people who have created, There's a. I saw there's a bot out there of a, a young kid who died, a teenager, and his friend recreated him in a bot. So you can communicate with him. And so it used all of his past transcripts on Messenger and that how he spoke. Now, will that kid grow up, get old, mature, fall in love with other bots, get it, married, have kids? No, this bot just is, is static, but that's a good question. Can you evolve it past the death of someone? If we can figure out the framework to your thinking and what is it that makes you perceive the world a certain way, then you can program that. That, that's what everyone's after. Like, if I could take all the things, how you perceive the world, your past, consciousness, and I could put that into, put that into a machine, it will continue on. A bot that engages in self-reflection and tells new stories. That's what's got to do. That's hard. So, you know, over the years, I've realized that human beings are full of contradiction full of paradox. The ground state is one of ambiguity and uncertainty. They have uh, longings and aspirations and desires and vision. We are very complex creatures. Yeah. And because we are in fact paradoxical and full of contradiction, we are also creative. Even simple questions like, who am I? What do I want? What's my purpose? The questions themselves create encounters that somehow move you into the answers. It's not a logical process at all. That's right. And yet all of machine learning is based on logic. Yes. And so that's, well, today, I, I, I do believe if we can get it right, uh, it won't be so. I, I, talk, I talk about the linear path. Mm -hmm. There's a logic because most of the people who create that use these technologies, it's how they think. They're thinking in a linear logical path. I think we have an opportunity though to create something that will ask me those questions. Uh -huh. Okay, which is what I'm right doing right now. That's right. Also, I think that's where AI has an opportunity to allow me to better my life versus what we're thinking about today, which is that it's going to replicate me and then it's going to take my job and then it's going to kill me. We're trying to create it with people like yourself who have a sense of the human as a whole. And then I think we got a better shot at using this technology in a great way. So how will the evolution of computers and AI 
help us evolve. When we come back, we'll look at how bias sneaks into artificial intelligence and why most computer voices are female. That's a big question. I have a factory warranty, so I don't worry about things like that. I want to take this break to share with you another app that demonstrates how humans are using technology to better our lives. Postmates is the fascinating new way to get food. And it's not just food from restaurants. So I went on this app the other day to just see how far I could take my request. And I was looking for my favorite snack, nuts. And I couldn't believe it. I found it. It amazes me how the human mind creates such fascinating inventions to address our every need. So we partnered up to support each other. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app right now and use the code INFINITE. That's code INFINITE for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Get anything you need, anytime you need it. Download Postmates and save with the code INFINITE. And before we get back to the show, I have one last supporter I'd like to share with you. And it's another one you may have heard me speak about before. Trip Actions is a travel management program designed to optimize business travel. If I needed to run travel for a business, I'd likely use Trip Actions because they help businesses save a lot on travel spend. They also keep the traveler in mind as well, not just the company. Go to tripactions.com/infinite. Complete a 30-minute demo with a TripActions account executive, and you'll get a $100 Amazon gift card. But it's this month only. TripActions.com slash infinite for a free demo and a $100 Amazon gift card. TripActions.com slash infinite. Let's return to our conversation. Welcome back. Remember the three laws of robotics we started with? Since Asimov wrote those in 1940, artificial intelligence or AI has evolved in unimaginable ways. It's now a fact. It's here. But now that we've defined it, how can we make it more ethical, more humane, more compassionate? All that may depend on how we program it right now. The people who create the systems here, you have to look at it without bias. This is the biggest thing because you get this large data set and then the people who use this data have to be a diverse group of people. Though there's been many uh, stories, examples, like Google put out uh, a face recognizing uh, technology and if you're African-American, it matched you with something in the world, it matched you with an ape. Okay, and they realized probably nobody on their team was African-American, was black. So nobody tested it on themselves. I mean, really basic thing that was, that was out two years ago, big stir in the world. So one of the 
interesting aha moments for myself, and that's why I created this group, Equal AI, is that I have a two-year-old daughter, and I see her, she's talking to Alexa. And, and Already? Yeah, already. Amazing. I mean, it's amazing. She goes, Alexa, she goes, actually, uh, she says Lex, and it knows. Because I see it gives her joy. She gets a song out of it. And and so it sort of dawned on me, my daughter doesn't know what that is. Now, when she sees us talking to Alexa, it's all command-based. Alexa, play this, do this, be quiet, turn off, turn on the lights. So they're finding through research now is when children look at that, they mimic, they'll mimic that, and they think that's the way you talk to a human. More importantly, almost all of the Alexa's Google Home, they're women. What can I help with? I'm always being updated with new features. I'd love it if you asked me a question. Why? I always say, like, why do they have to use women's voices as these? And then you're talking, a lot of times it's also being derogatory to these systems. That's what they found. The kids pick it up and they think, okay, women, I'm talking to them. My parents talk to this thing a certain way. And I might, uh, maybe that's why I should talk to somebody who's a female at, in school. And basically the commands. The commands. Now, Google just put into Google Home, please, the please feature, so that your kid or you, when you talk, you have to say, please. So it gives you an idea of the power of these things. But I started thinking about- uh, wh- Make a request instead of a command, That's right? correct. But my number one question is like, why are women's voices being used? Why the gender is female? It's and it's the story, you know, is that Jeff Bezos, like the um, the computer on Star Trek, is a woman. So basically, that's good enough. That conditioned his mind. <laughs> and and I actually think there's like a like a 1940s, 50s, however you want to look, perspective on like it's a woman and women's voices should be there. And when you talk to a woman, you can tell her to turn on the lights. You're welcome. That needs to change. These are things that have to be looked at because right now I think Alexa's in 30 million homes. So 30 million homes have this woman's voice and it's being interacted on a certain way. And parents don't know any better. Hi there. I'm here. I can help you with specific questions. I do my best to understand everything I can. Hmm. I'm not sure. I don't know that one. Sorry. Yes. Of course. We're friends. I'd rather not answer that. You know, we don't know our biases. A lot of it is just, it was there way before we were even put on earth. It was basically ancestral. So yeah. some of it we learned when we we're kids. Uh, some of it maybe is we're adults. We had experiences. But a lot of this, we just don't know it exists. Part of our cultural it's part history. Of our, it's part of our cultural history. So mm-hmm. I look at you and you look at me and we're like, and our brain quickly, as you know, wants to figure out who are you? Are you going to hurt me? And or are tell you not a story. Hurt me? Tell a story, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. And I heard because the brain takes about 20% of your body's energy, it just tries to process information quickly and biases the way it does that so that you can make quick decisions because it, it, we're lazy. We don't want to use that energy. So it's like, you're a certain color, you're good. You're a certain color, you're bad. And supposedly that's the way our brain works to conserve its energy. You know, you're giving me ideas even as we speak. You know, I've been a student of conscious communication for the last 20 years and conscious communication has certain principles that can lead to conflict resolution no matter what the conflict is. And these principles are to differentiate between observation, what am I observing, and then feeling, what am I feeling, and then why am I feeling like this because I have these needs, what is the best way to fulfill needs. So these principles are very well-documented principles, both to speak consciously and to resolve conflicts 
I think we'd, we could teach Alexa to do that, but we could also be taught by Alexa to communicate. That's a great idea. Consciously do that, yeah. and ultimately resolve conflicts. Yeah. That, see, that that's the power. We can actually do That's a good idea. We can program that. So you sit down with Alexa. And she and, says, and she listen, that's not a good question. Uh, you're not uh, speaking respectfully. Yeah. Or can you say please? Yes, we can do that. That's pretty and cool. And why do you want to know the answer to this question? Right. What is it going to do for you? So imagine Alexa if it actually could do that. Sit down with you and your spouse and kind of work it out. Yes. Be, that's well, the future. I, I can help do that. <laughs> okay. I can help Alexa do that, by the way. Well, let's do it. So if we could create ethical AI, patient AI, loving AI, kinder AI, compassionate AI, maybe our children could grow up to be more loving and compassionate human beings learning from a robot. Is there a danger that humans would be more comfortable, more loving, have better relationship with bots than with other human beings? Or could they conceivably learn from these bots to be better human beings? I, I would say yes. I just never thought about solving that problem like that. I think there's something about, there's a reason we're flesh and blood and there's consciousness and there's something in nature, it's you know. obviously and, right, a and, different and feeling. I feel like I'm right at the edge of why I was put on earth myself. Globally, I think we want to help each other. I think people want to help each other. I think we just haven't built the right system for us to help each other. It feels like it's, the, it's that special sauce of life that we're trying to understand and we have no true answers to. And without true answers, it's hard to program that into a machine. As long as we have a openness to how we create it, we bring diversity to it, we work with people that have good intentions, then I think we're going to do something good. And I hope you and I working together will get the system, will create that system that enables people to connect with, communicate with, and have a conversation with that will help them better their understanding about their place on Earth and Earth itself and the universe. And so we're, we're working on something um, related to that. And that's where I feel like I, uh, then when I create that and I put it in the world, I, then I've gotten to where I, the reason I'm, I'm here. A kinder, more compassionate, more loving humanity. That's what we should be using technology for. So that's a great privilege to work with you. Same Robert. here. Every time I meet with you at the end of our meetings, I always think, do I exist? And did I just manifest you to hang out with you? Because it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun <laughs> and we're going to have more fun. So there's hope. We can, and I truly believe, will use artificial intelligence to create this better version of ourselves. But we can't forget and we must learn from our mistakes. Next week, join me for part two, where we unravel one of the biggest political scandals of our recent time, powered by AI. We'll meet the person in the room where it happened. If you have enough data on people, you can create a version of reality and a version of you and a version of America in a computer, you could play with real life. 
What did we learn and where do we go from here? I'll see you next time. If this episode connected with you, please share it with a friend and leave us comments so we get to hear from you. Now it's time for our gratitude list. Infinite Potential is produced by David Shadrach Smith and Julie Magruder and edited by Andy Jaskiewicz. The audio engineer is Bob Tabador. Carolyn Rangel is our associate producer and Serena Regan is the coordinating producer. We especially thank our guests, sponsors, interns and everyone who has contributed to bring infinite potential to you. Our show is created and executive produced by David Shadrach Smith, Jan Cohen and me. I'm Deepak Chopra and this is Infinite Potential. <laughs>